Hello and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. A whole new world of fun. Everyone's invited. Hello everybody and welcome to episode nine of Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. This is season two and today I am so excited because we are talking about bull breeds, Those of you that are long-term listeners know that bull breeds are very, very close to my heart. So I'm talking to Kirsty Lewis, who is a canine Hooper's World instructor, and she has Bullies Den training and agility. Kirsty, how are you, my dear? Good morning. Thank you very much. Uh, Lovely welcome. Uh, I'm all good. All good. Surrounded by mad bull terrors and uh, loving life. So before we start, I have to ask, because I got corrected on social media the other week for this. Are they English bull terriers or are they bull terriers? No, they are bull terriers in the UK. Uh, We do say English when, uh, well, I say English if people are confused with uh, pit bulls. If they start saying that they're pit bull terriers or their staff is whatever, uh, then I say it's easier to describe them as an English bull terrier. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as soon as you say they've got the egg-shaped nose and they look like the one from Oliver, that generally uh, puts them in the right direction. Yeah, because Bullseye was like the most famous bull terrier ever, wasn't he, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, bless him. He was a very old, misshapen bull terrier by the time he was on there. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it the other day. It was very, very old. Absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous dog. But yeah, that is one of the colours you can get bull terriers in, isn't it? Is a bullseye. Yeah, yeah. It's a very classic, um, very, very classic in the, in the bull terrier world. And there are many, many, many bull terriers called bullseye because they have a black patch on a white body. Well, but, you know. what else? What else would you call them? It's like chocolate labs called called Cadbury's, isn't it? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I know too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, there we go. It happened. So, what got you into bull terriers? Uh, well, I can actually say I was born into them. Uh, they were a, a secret love of my father's. Uh, so my mum bought him. Um, uh, a young dog puppy uh, called Brutus and he was our farm dog my father adored him um, Brutus adored me I as a baby apparently clicked into bull terriers right from day day one and I would crawl into Brutus's bed much to my mother's horror and uh, curl up and go to sleep next to the bull terrier oh yeah, he was a big bull terrier he wasn't um stocky but he mm-hmm. was tall and he was muscular yeah he was extremely strong uh, but he was very, very gentle and he absolutely adored me. Unfortunately, um, when I was about four, uh, one day I was, I can remember the day I was playing the zoo animals on the carpet and I turned around to stroke him and he growled. Oh. And that's the only ever time he growled at me. He, would, he just didn't have, you don't mm-hmm. have a water growling at children. So father took him to the vets and discovered he had a brain tumour, so he didn't come home. Um, oh, wow. But That was very sad. Oh my God, so that is super sad. Like, wow, yeah, okay, I wasn't expecting that to open the podcast. Everyone's now in tears. Um, I'll put a Kleenex warning at the start of the podcast for that one. That is awful, but it shows the importance of if the dog does growl completely out of character, please don't assume the dog is being naughty. Please go to a vet and find out because there was a major underlying medical issue there. Yeah, and he must have been in a lot of pain, but being a bull terrier, hid it. They're I mean, very the stoic, aren't they? Oh, gosh, yeah. This is a dog that um, chased, chased a fox across the fields. Um, 
doing so, he uh, caught himself on barbed wire. He literally ripped the side of his uh, gut open and oh. intestines were starting to come out. Oh, wow. But he still chased the fox, silly boy. He then got stitched up by the vet without anaesthetic, um, you know, because that's just the sort of old boy that he was. You know, I do remember him. He used to think he was a goat. Uh, we had goats <laughs> and he used to eat the grass next to the goats. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do remember. I've got very fond. You know, when you've got those warm heart memories. Oh, yeah. That, that's amazing. And then after uh, Brutus died, um, mum got dad um, a little uh, four month old bitch, Gabby. And I can honestly say that Gabby and I, she was my soulmate. She was my best friend as a child. I mean, obviously, I had human friends, but she was the animal on this planet that I confided in. And yeah. I absolutely adored her absolutely adored her and was devastated when I was 13 and she passed away I came home from school and she, she'd had a heart attack and mm. I was devastated so much so that um for the next four months I was the saddest teenager <laughs> I was just so withdrawn and so sad and yeah I remember just feeling very very sad all the time and I wasn't being a brat we had 10 other dogs um but she was I, your yeah, she was my, yeah. you know, she was my bull terrier and she was the only one we, you know, and so four months later we went back to um, Joan Kenway and um, had a look around. She had a, a nine month old bitch that she wasn't going to mate because she thought she had a luxating patella. Um, so we got her and, um, and, and, and that was that. She came home, that was honey and said, honey, I've had others and blah, 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 blah. So you have. You were literally born to the breed. Like that has been your breed forever and ever and ever and always will be. Absolutely. I, I mean, I can have other dogs in the house. I don't yeah. mind other breeds. You know, we've had, <laughs> you know, we've with Spaniels. Uh, my parents were, were gun dog trainers. So we, we had um, Brittany's and GSP's and mm -hmm. Welsh Springers. My mum was a, um, a breeder of Welsh Springers. So, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I liked the other dogs. I mean, the other gun dogs were great because you could take half a dozen grand gun dogs across the field when you're 10 years old with a whistle and your mates and they could go across and they'd be 200 meters away and then pip pip on that whistle and they'd all come flooding back <laughs> whereas the bull terrier she went to the bottom of the farm stayed there <laughs> until we came back <laughs> she, she was like that. i am not adventuring that's going to be a lot of effort because yeah, didn't want to learn <laughs> i do have to say they're not known for their athletic not ability because they can be super athletic but they want to be athletic uh, you have to make it worth their while but that's yeah. true of bull terriers full stop uh, if you want to do them something that isn't in their sort of thought plan of the day then you've got to make it worth their while and i ran out of shape this if year. it's not in the schedule of sleeping eating then you need to I, I literally used to take a pocket full of, of the old shape biscuits that used to get in a box oh my god I used, to, I used to leave it down the bottom of the farm we had a four acre farm and bottom of that and she'd just stand at the bottom and I'd carry her walking and she'd go back up the house she was like <laughs> okay have a lovely day I'm going home now bye brilliant but if if my dad came out with me then she'd walk um she just didn't, didn't want to walk across the fields with me as a kid but um I can't get labor <laughs> Yeah. Oh bless. That <laughs> is funny though, because um they're a breed that you don't see that often nowadays. They're definitely not in fashion. Um Good. you know, they're 
Yeah, and, and it's not a bad thing because as we know, breeds that come into fashion end up being overbred and badly bred and it it's not good for the breed. But if there's someone kind of thinking, oh, but what about Bull Terrier? Because I know some people aesthetically aren't the biggest fan of them because they do have a bit of an egg-shaped head. Um, my dad, God rest him, used to say you, they always look like they'd run into a wall, um, which... To be fair, some oh, of them. Oh, no. Well, they have, have to go, they they have to go like that way. Sort of, no, it's, yeah, they'd sort of gone head first <laughs> and it'd sort of flatten their nose out a bit, which you can see. And to be fair, the bull terriers I've met, if you said they'd run for a wall, you wouldn't be shocked because but if no, no, there was something be... worth their world on the other side, they probably oh, would have gone well, yes, why why go round it when you can go through it? Let let's you know, let's be reasonable about this. <laughs> I mean, I've got a Stafford mix and Munch's attitude, especially out on a walk. If you can go around the path or through the bramble, she will go the through route because it's the most direct. Mm. Regardless of the fact she's now covered in thistles and fawns and all the rest of it. If that was the route the squirrel went, mm. that's the route she's taking. So the kind of tenaciousness and that sort of almost lack of pain receptors mm -hmm. is kind of a bull breed thing anyway yes. because unfortunately back back in history they were bred for baiting sports they were bred for being put against bulls and sometimes each other which i think we do have to understand because bull breeds can be a nanny dog but i don't feel it's safe to call them a nanny dog because you should never leave any dog unattended with a small person. No, did not. I mean, the development of the Bull Terrier, yes, it came out of fighting stock, there's no doubt about that. But the actual development of my breed was, was for showing because um, okay. the chap that wanted to, um, he did a bit of dog fighting on the side, don't get me wrong, that's their history. But he actually developed the breed further uh, to become a gentleman's dog. Uh, because dog showing was becoming very popular and the money was going out of dog fighting because it was becoming unpopular, quite rightly. Mm -hmm. um, so. So he was like looking for a bit of money. And so he developed the Bull Terrier to be um, a very classy looking dog. Uh, took the eye of the uh, gentleman at the time. They started wanting them for the show ring. So um, they actually developed as a show dog, as a gentleman's companion, as a quite... Uh, a very fine, strong-looking dog mm. out of the pit. The Staffy stayed in the pit for longer, mm. but the, the bulls came out of the pit. Um, but yes, you you know they are very good with children, but they all need training. And like you say, you never leave a dog. I never leave a dog. No, <laughs> uh, with a with a child, I no. wouldn't leave. I trust my dogs, but they are dogs. Yes, um, and at any moment they could remember that they're a dog. Um, but also um, <laughs> children are equally as unpredictable and yeah. all it takes is for the child to grab or do something and the dog to snap and at that wrong moment something could happen I mean I remember um, a few years ago my brother had um, come to visit with the twins and the twins were whatever crawling ages mm -hmm. I don't have children so I'm not very good with ages and stuff they, they were at the crawling stage and one of the chihuahuas walked past and small child went to crawl after chihuahua and sort of went to grab and she turned around and she she just air snapped she was nowhere near him but she did a little air snap 
And I straight away called her away. I didn't tell her off because it was a warning. And my nephew sort of sat up very quickly and started to cry. And I was so apologetic to my sister-in-law. I was like, oh my God. And she said, Carrie, I'd much prefer that your chihuahua taught him that lesson than a bigger dog that could potentially have hurt him. And it was just a case of we had mismanaged the situation. I hadn't realized that the small person was going to try and catch the small chihuahua. <laughs> so after that, we went, okay, chihuahuas can't be in the room if the kids are on the floor crawling because they're not comfortable because we don't have children in the house. So it's my responsibility to set my dogs up for success as well as the children. Families where they have the children in the house and the dogs, you know, please make sure you are supervising because accidents happen so quickly and children kind of need to be taught that the dogs are not toys. They're not toys. Absolutely. I have a, a young grandson. He's uh, now three years old. Um, he doesn't live with us. So my, my dogs do not grow up with children. However, he has been taught from literally the day he's been born, that child, uh, how to behave around my dogs and his own dogs. Uh, he's not allowed to, to grab at them. He's never been encouraged to grab at them. The dogs have always been out, put out of the way if we feel it's too much. Yeah. Uh, my, his, his, he's grown up with Dottie, my youngest, mm -hmm. and um, they have a very uh, good bond, very, very good bond. But I have a nine-year-old Beatty and she adores him. But I don't take any chances. It's all very calm play. Yeah. Uh, when we're around, when they're around because they're not used to children. Um, but he can run around in the house, and you know they don't ever react because they're taught that he's not going to hurt them. They're yeah. fine. He's not going to suddenly grab their ears, poke them in the eye. But they children feel safe. are very loud and move very quickly. Yeah. But the dogs understand. They do understand. They feel you know that I've got their back with this yeah. thing. And I've got my grandson's back, so we've never had a problem. I've never had an issue because I was brought up to respect the dogs when I was growing up. Any friend of mine that came to my house was told very specific rules for coming into my house. Don't yeah. kiss me in the house, blah, blah, blah. Let me put Gabby out of the way. Let me put Honey out. So we didn't have any conflict at all. We didn't have any situation where the dogs would feel uncomfortable to, to make a decision that was the yeah. wrong decision. So, you know, and I would urge people to always think about that. You know, don't put your dogs in a, a position where they've got to make the decision. Yes, to exactly react that. Well. And that goes for any breed, guys. That's not just like the bull breeds, you know. I mean, I have a real mixed bag here. We've got obviously the shepherd, the chihuahuas and a bull breed. And when, our, when people were allowed to visit the house and when they're allowed to come back, you know, this is the other thing because of lockdown, visiting children won't have been as regular as they may have been before so whereas you would have maybe seen your grandson sort of on a regular basis I'm assuming they haven't been able to visit for a while because we've had lockdown so when the children are coming back in the house straight away that means you need to be a bit more careful and if need be just pop the dogs away I'm a massive fan of families that are living with multiple species but also dogs and children that the dogs have a crate or a pen and the rule is if the dog is in the crate or the pen no one goes near it yep quite great quite great my mine are all crate trained uh they have pens here 
Uh, we have pens in the house because I don't want all the dogs out at the same time. It's not a big house and it doesn't take, you know, silliness. Yeah. I, I just don't need it. I, I don't want it. Yeah. So, uh, they have pens in, in, in the lounge. Um, I've got two in, in the kitchen with me here. Um, so on their beds, no problem at all. But if there are children here and they're running around getting excited, I might choose to put Magnus away. I might have Dottie out with the child. You know, I depend. But I, I do very much believe that dogs should have a safe space, whether it's a, dot, a bed and children are taught to just leave the dog alone when it's on the bed or a crate, like yep. you say. I, mean, I always I, find with children that it creates much more of a visual barrier for the small person. Oh, indeed, yeah. I mean, I, um, put, I put dogs out of the way, you know. But I think as well, having multi-dog households, having crates in their own areas is, is a safety thing as well, because, you know, all it needs is for one of them to not be feeling 100%. I mean, obviously, I've got very different sizes. Do you have all the same breed at home, or are you... I've got... Uh, we've got four four minis and one ball terrier. <laughs> so they are all technically the same shape, but one's a bigger version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that actually, because yeah, there are two types of ball terrier because people might not be aware of this. They're two different breeds. They are two different breeds. Oh, so you've got yeah. the ball terrier, which is the bigger one, and then you've got the miniature bull terrier, which should be around sort of 14, 15 inches um shoulder height and that, that's a miniature you do get small bull terriers and you do get big minis but um the actual breeding is a miniature bull terrier and a, and a, and a bull terrier so they're wow, um, okay very very similar the bull the miniature bull terrier should literally be a bull terrier in miniature so huh. and, and magnus is a, is a, a good example of that when you put him up there he just looks like a little bull terrier um i mean they, they all do but, but he he is particularly in my mind I look at him and I think, yeah, you're definitely a bull terrier miniature. Dottie is, you know, she's only three, so she, she's starting to mature now. And she's looking a fine young lady and she does look, you know, they look like bull terriers in miniature. And that's what you want. Mm -hmm. That's what you want in a miniature. Um, so what, because again, I think bull terriers particularly, um, a lot of people see them as dogs that don't do a lot. They just... Uh -huh they're just pets and obviously from what you've just explained about kind of the history of the breed so they were seen as a show breed so maybe they've got stuck in that oh well they're just there to look pretty i think they were um, stuck in yeah you're, you're quite right an awful lot of owners don't realize what their dogs can do um, mm -hmm. a lot of owners are told that you can't train them um, yeah. they're just sofa dogs um, they're stubborn. You'll take them to a training class, and Ooh, that's one of that's one of my little trigger words. Dogs are not stubborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're stubborn, and you cannot train a bull terrier because basically they don't do as they're told, which of course is all absolute nonsense. Um, and you know, all all mine uh, compete in agility, hoopers, and they do a bit of scent work. They do a bit of working agility. That anything I ask them to do, they'll they'll go. My friends run uh, canny cross with their bull terriers, bull terriers and miniatures. Uh, they're the canny bullies up north and they uh, they compete in uh, canny cross and I've got one more down here that uh, competes with basil so I mean if you ask them they'll they'll give it a go they just need yeah, to be they'll, they'll turn their paw to anything yeah yeah if they want to sit on the sofa don't get me wrong they'll they like sitting on the sofa <laughs> they like turning upside down and being pandered and treated but like actually that sounds quite nice so you've got a dog that's quite happy to just chill out at home go for a bit of walk but if you do want to do a bit of sports stuff you can 
But it's not like, say, me with my shepherd, who if he doesn't do a walk and training and this and that in a day, by the evening he's going, can we do something now? And I'm like, dude, we're meant to be having a day off. <laughs> well, a bull terrier, the more you, you know, it is true that any dog, the more you walk it, the more they want it. Um, of course. So if you, if you, you know, take it for a three-mile walk, it wants a three-mile walk and it yeah. wants it more and more and more. And it's true of the clicker work and the work I do here, the more I do it, the more they, they, they love it. Um, so these go out for walks, they go out, you know, they, but they do work at home. But I mean, I grew up, I didn't work my dogs when I was a, when I was a kid. Uh, the Bull Terriers were just the farm dogs mm-hmm. that came across the fields when we went out with the others. Um, I mean, I used to walk. Um, <laughs> That's fine, they're allowed to talk. It's what dogs do, it's cool, do not worry. Um, um, I think yeah. as well, like, because some of the, and not your Staffords, but when we look at bull dogs as opposed to bull terriers they've been bred with very smushy faces and they're not very built for purpose anymore like breathing um no offense men i'm just this is my opinion um i think with the bull terriers like because their skull shape is so different from the other breeds maybe people think like oh are they capable of doing that it's it's just the shape of their head. They have a big old nose in there that can breathe beautifully. They have no health issues like that at all. They do have um, genetic issues that must be tested for when you look for a puppy. Which um, are? There's heart, um, there's an eye disorder that was introduced when we bought in, in the miniatures, which we introduced when we bought in Jack Russell's to keep the size down. Because um, obviously breeds, as they develop, you might need to bring certain things back in to, to keep keep the breed. Yeah, going. because there's only a certain amount of dogs in the gene pool. Yeah, and that was like 60 years ago. Well, we had an eye, you know, but that unfortunately brought an eye disorder. That's now got a genetic testing. Um, so that, that's great. You've got kidneys, as I say. Um, and as I say, you need a heart test, hearing especially, you need mm-hmm. a heart test for that. Um, but these tests, a lot of breeders will say, yes, yes, they've been passed their vet test. Now, the key is not to just accept that. You need to see the actual paperwork for the kidney test, for the heart test, for, for the hearing test. You need to see that paperwork and not just be told that, they, um, that uh, you know, they've, they've been to the vets and they've got a clear bill of health. It's not enough. You need those health checks. Because you with the hearing, is it the white ones that are more prone to being deaf? They are more prone to it, but any any dog can be, be deaf. Um, mm-hmm. But you definitely get it. Um, it's more common in pure whites and it's more yep. common in whites. But they definitely need that hearing test. You know, you don't want to find that your puppy can't hear and then have the heartbreak of returning it to the um, breeder. Uh, most Good breeders will accept the puppies back, of course. But if you don't go to a, um, a good breeder, they're not going to want that puppy back. They've taken your £2,000. And that's not saying that deaf dogs can't be trained because they can, but it's... If you're it, not expecting it, yeah, you've experienced it, it is yeah. hard work. Yeah, if it is. children, it's harder work. You've got to try and teach the children and you've got to teach that dog to understand the children without any verbal clues at all so yeah it is hard work there's no doubt about it there are experienced handlers and there are experienced trainers for deaf dogs uh, and they do very very well mm-hmm. um, and the dogs have a lovely lovely life but, but if we can prevent breeding absolutely the worst <laughs> thing is um kidney failure uh, in a young dog um, and that's heartbreaking 
Um, and if we can try and get rid of other another condition, which unfortunately means that the puppies die quite young, they get to about two or three, uh, and then they, they 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 fade away. And um, you don't want to be buying those puppies um, without the health test because at least you've got you've got no guarantee. You've got no guarantee in anything. But you've yeah, got of course, less chance of having an ill dog when it's an yeah. adult, and having a uh, you've got less chance of having the heartbreak of a dog. Mm -hmm. Because um, Alan, who I interviewed in episode one this season, he's got um, a bull terrier, and he she was she was a very sorry state when she was found. She was a rescue, and I think he said she's fifteen now. Bless her, like she's made old bones and she's great. And he said she's going deaf and a bit cranky, but she still potters around and stomps about and has a lovely time. Um, but I, I kind of, let's talk a little bit, let's broaden the spectrum onto kind of bull breeds because one thing that I'm really passionate about and I know you are as well, is that when you do have a bull breed, whether it's a bull terrier and we're talking your type of bull terrier or a Stafford um, and even the bulldogs, because of their original heritage back, back, back in the day, they're very good with people because they need to be good with people, but it means that some of the dogs are going to struggle with being around other dogs or other species, but also with arousal levels. So Munch, my girl, is amazing. She's, she's a brilliant pet dog. She'll try anything. She's nicely trained. She's easy, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Um, we think there's a sprinkle of Labrador in her, which has possibly made her a bit easier. But when you get to the, from her being excited to overexcited, it's like a switch has been flicked. And when, the fl when that switch has been turned on, it's not fun. Um, she can get very, very silly and one of the things she used to do with me was jump up and grab at my arm which is something she would never do in any other situation apart from when we tried doing agility which is why I don't do agility with her <laughs> yeah I quite agree terriers in particular um are, are prone to a sort of over over excitement uh bull breeds you know the bull terriers the staff is they get over excited very quickly and you have a responsibility to keep an eye on those levels that are going around Generally, you know, readers of bull terriers would say that they're not a dog that you can just release at a dog park and let, you know, mm -hmm. like, like you could, if you have a, a, you know, a bit of old cockapoo, you can expect to take that dog to the park and expect it not to overreact and, you know, and have a sort of friendly time with its friends. Um, bull terriers, you know, they will mix with other dogs very nicely, but, mm -hmm. um, but too much and it can flick a switch. And yeah. you've got to be aware of those signs. Um, you've got to be aware of other dogs getting on their nerves. They won't, they rarely, rarely start anything, but you don't want to go any further. You don't <laughs> want to, to step over that mark. No, I always say Munch won't start a fight, but she's capable of finishing it. And I don't want that to happen because straight away, it's the bull breeds that get vilified of they're the aggressive ones. And I mean, the amount of times that dogs have, 
been very impolite to Munch and she has given them every possible signal of I don't want to interact with you and I've intervened a few times and sort of I have actually physically pushed another dog away before and the owner got very cross with me and I was like would you prefer me to push your dog away or would you prefer us to be splitting up a fight in any second yeah and they um, went oh because your dog's aggressive no my dog's a bull terrier and if that is if that side is engaged it's not funny and it's something that as a bull terrier owner i'm responsible for i think with any dog with you know even a small patterdale will give a um i had a patterjack so yeah they have very, very strong jaws um, and we don't want to get uh, into a little uh, argument with one of those you know we don't want any dog to have an argument no um, so we've got to be aware it's just that when you've got a dog like you say a bull terrier will get the blame for anything it doesn't matter if three dogs have come and set on it and then it finally tips over and has a go back it will be the bull breed that gets the blame yes. and so you know we've always got that responsibility which takes some pleasure out of going for a walk i mean i don't like going for walking places no it really does i'm i'm the most anti-social dog walker in the world people that listen to the podcast know this i'm anti-sociable well we've got a lovely common where i live but i don't take my dogs down there because people don't call their dogs back and there's you know um impolite dogs coming from every angle <laughs> possible so it's just not an enjoyable walk for me so i take my yeah. dogs elsewhere across the fields where there's no one there and we have a lovely time and i don't have any households because i'm quite happy to traipse through mud and it doesn't bother me but yes, we have a responsibility all the time and it will be always the bull breed that gets the blame or the rotty or the dope. It will never be yeah. the poodle or the, you know, Labrador or whatever. Um, in actual, you know, I've had more trouble with those sort of breeds than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's true. And it's, it's not saying, oh, there's a good dog or a bad dog. And I'm, I'm very much, I don't actually buy into the, it's how you raise them because nature does have an impact on our dogs and what we've been breeding them for, for hundreds of years before they became our little sofa ornaments. Um, because a lot of dogs now are just basically sofa ornaments, aren't they? Um, but I'm going to do, and this is a massive myth buster. Bull breeds do not have a locking jaw. There is no such thing Ooh. as a locking jaw. I've just, I've just set off your trigger, haven't I, Kirsty's like, that's not a thing. It's biologically impossible. <laughs> it's when you said dogs aren't stubborn and I twitched. I said dogs locking jaw and you twitched. That's that's both <laughs> our triggers done. Um physically, bull breeds have a very strong jaw and they were bred to be able to hold on to a large muscular animal that was trying to remove them. <laughs> yeah, they just got strong muscles. They just got strong jaw muscles and that's all it is. But so do terriers. I so mean, yeah. it was an ongoing joke with, oh, God rest Mr. Pig, bless him, my little terrier. But we used to joke after he'd got wet or he, he jumped in a water trough, water troughs are one of his favorites, generally when I didn't have time for him to be in a water trough. So I'd get his tuggy toy and I'd get him to bite it. And I could literally pick him up on the tuggy toy. And we used to call it air drying while he was wrapping the tuggy toy. Yeah, yeah. And the water, like, there we go, it's air dried now. And, but when you do that with a terrier, people find it funny. If I did that with Munch, 
people would straight away, oh, she's training it to fight. She's training it to be aggressive. Mm -hmm. No, it's just having fun playing. Having fun. When I have to say, I was recording some uh, trick work with Magnus last night and I was doing the tug and I thought, normally I'd be, <laughs> I thought, oh no, I bet not. <laughs> yeah, what was he gentle tugging? Gentle tugs is easy. Light tugging. <laughs> Yeah, he won't lift him up here and all the rest of it. So no, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. You know, our normal play is 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 quite you know energetic. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it was boring. She wouldn't let me do the full tug. It was boring. He did sort of look at me and thought, okay, okay, fine. But you know, it's like, um, this is not the normal game, Mama. So with um. Yeah, so there we go. That's the myth buster. Dogs do not have a locking jaw. It's physically not a thing. Their jaw is not designed any differently from any other breed. It's just a case of the structure and the muscles are stronger so they can hold onto stuff for a long period of time. That's all it is. And, um, you know, many, many terriers are the same. I only say Pat because my mum used to have a Pat and she, she's a strong little thing. <laughs> my Pat-a-Jack was an absolute gremlin and that's the politest PC way of putting it. My mum's Pat-a-Jack is uh, now 19 years old. Oh, amazing. <laughs> that's a good one. I think she took about 15 years to grow into her Jack Russell snout. But, you know. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. So one thing that we have in common with what we do in, with our dogs, apart from hoopers, obviously, is trick stuff. And you've got some wicked YouTube videos of your guys doing their trick stuff. And Magnus has been doing his trick titles, hasn't he? Uh, all three of them are. Um, hey. My aim is to get all three up to champion this year. So um, that's our goal. Because um, I, I love to show other Bull Terrier owners and other owners um how much bullies can do and and how much they they just love to work the more you give them the more the one they they want to do it mine are very good they're, they're very tolerant of me they do look at me as if they're sort of like pitying me <laughs> during lockdown <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i literally was one exercise is to put a hoop on your back and your dog jump through it and i said well, i was talking to dotty saying hang on a minute i've got to work out the logistics of me bending over holding a hoop and then trying to get you to jump through the hoop because why should she jump through a hoop on my back yes. when yes, i'm on yes. the floor yes but she was literally sat there looking and she kept turning around to Agnes as if to say i don't know what she's doing <laughs> <laughs> poor woman she's on the she's on the floor why is she on the floor holding a hula hoop what's happening she sat there, watched me, and then when I said, okay, she jumped through the hoop. So Amazing. Good girl. <laughs> See, so I have the opposite with that trick because that's obviously one on the trick list as a potential for Dodge to do. And I'm trying to work out how to do that without ending up flat on my face with potentially broken ribs. So <laughs> it doesn't say a disclaimer on those trick things about the fact that, you know, when you're trying to get a 40-pound bull terrier through my arms... And I'm going, my head's in the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bull terrier <laughs> to the face is not what you need. Yeah, so um, I put my videos up to show people that my dogs aren't instantly jumping through the hoop in my hand. You know, they're not instantly going over my arms in airplane. I have got to train them, but there are some sort of collisions along the way. <laughs> yeah. They're not a, they're not a little chihuahua that could gently brush past. <laughs> 
to be fair though, I not, think the chihuahuas, <laughs> the chihuahuas, I think if I asked them to do that trick would look at me like, you understand how high you are. Oh, it does say you can use a step. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. So, so, but it's, and this is one of the things I love about trick stuff because any breed of dog can do it. Like literally any, I mean, straight away, we've gone from Chihuahua to German Shepherd to Bull Terrier, which are three very, very different breeds. But they've all done trick training, which I love. And um, I spoke to um, Jodie in, I'm going to say episodes. It was one of the earlier episodes this season. And we were talking about he'll work to music and how kind of he'll work to music and freestyle particularly is basically just tricks to music, which makes it a bit more fun. But I think it's really good for people to understand that it doesn't matter what breed you have. It is all a trick at the end of the day. Yes, it is. We are bribing. I mean, people don't like to say it's bribing. We are bribing our dogs to do the most bizarre things. I mean, I do agility with my bulldog. Why should they jump over a pole between two wings? Why should they? Yeah, well, I have to make it exciting for them and they have to make it worth it. So we need to pay them. So, yeah, I don't, I don't like saying bribing. I say I'm paying the dogs for like a job well we done. Are bribe, we are bribing them. <laughs> no, because... But the problem is, right, here we go. We're going to get in a little debate about this one. I understand and you understand what we mean by bribing, but Joe Blogs Public then takes it that the dog should do it because they've been told to. Well, that was the, you know, that's what I grew up with, to be fair. Dog comes in my house, it does what it's told. And that but, is, you know, I'm a 1970s child and that was the training of dog today. But training has developed and it's progressed and we've learned that reinforcement <laughs> makes learning happen better and quicker and more effectively. So rather than having to tell my dog, I don't want you to do this, I'd prefer to say, this is what I want you to do and I'm going to pay you when you do it. That's how we do teach them to do these awesome things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trick work. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You're, you're quite right. And, and the same with keepers because... And, yeah, and, and agility. When you want the dog to work away from you, the dog needs to understand what the game is. They also need to want to do it because when you're stood in the middle of a hooper's ring and you ask your dog to do, say, a five... <laughs> a five obstacle sequence in training, if they have absolutely no learning history and absolutely no inclination to do it, they're not going to. No. You're quite right. And also um, training um, a very excitable breed like I have to focus on me. And that's the hardest thing for me, getting the focus and keeping mm. that focus. Magnus is a very excitable little dog. Um, BT gets distracted by movement, so if people are moving around the ring while she's working, she'll get distracted by that. Magnus will get distracted by pretty much anything, uh, and he just thinks everything's a game, uh, which is good. Uh, and, and that's how I that's how I want it. Um, um, I like I like that about it. But keeping that focus, and then asking them to do twenty obstacles in the order that I want them to do, whilst there's other dogs walking around the ring. Um, you know, on the other side of a fence, they might be barking. Somebody might be there tugging a, a toy with their dog on the other side of the ring. And I've got to keep my dogs focused on me, going yeah. through that tunnel, jumping that jump around the back of that one, 
over the seesaw and not run to the fence to go and play with that dog or take that ball or whatever. Or steal the burger or whatever it is. Yeah. And so the hardest thing with these for me is keeping that focus. Mm -hmm. And and any little thing could could, uh, could, uh, take it away from me. I mean, when they wear turkey hats at the Christmas shows, that's just unfair. Because Magnus has clocked that the judge is wearing a turkey on his head. The judge then sees that Magnus has clocked him, then runs to the scrying desk with the hat, puts the hat on the scrying desk, and then runs back. Magnus has already clocked that that judge was wearing a turkey. So I say, okay, I release my dog. He runs straight at the judge, <laughs> runs round circles around him to look for this living turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's quite interesting though, because obviously, um, you know, when we look at kind of our our herding breeds, our pastoral breeds, even the gun dog breeds, like they they kind of want to work for the people and they want to please and they want to do, and we've bred them to do a job working with the peoples. Yeah. Because I mean, ter- terriers traditionally were bred to go down holes and, and kill small furry things. I mean, that's yeah, it's yeah, pretty much what my terrier did because he was a farm dog as well. Yeah, he was yeah. at the stables going ratting. Even my mm-hmm. chihuahuas have attempted ratting, which terrifies me because I'm like, you do understand some of the rats are nearly as big as you. Let's be careful now. But I think when you're dealing with... Um, and I think it is more bull terriers than the Staffords because all the Staffords I've met, I've met are super, super trainable and they want to please. Like the Staffords want to do stuff and they're like... Staffies are far more suitable than bull terriers. There is a bull terrier because there is a book, isn't there? Is it Pigs? pigs and Pigs Fly by Jane Killian. There we go. That was um, one of the first training books I read because it really appealed to me that there was a trainer out there that had taken a breed that, as you say, people see as stubborn, lazy, don't really do much. Oh, they're, they're, they're just, yeah, they, they're just there. They, they're just bull terriers. Like, to see what you're doing and the fact that they're doing the trick stuff, they're doing agility, and training agility is not easy <laughs> at all in any way like the elements that are needed for an agility course are just crazy and the understanding and teamwork that's needed is mad I mean I think it's one of the reasons why I lent towards hoopers anyway because there's a lot less equipment in hoopers so it's a lot easier to teach the kind of basics of it and I've watched your guys go from agility move over to hoopers and they've taken to it like ducks to water really haven't they yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like it. It's, uh, yeah, they are enjoying it. They're and like, the more, oh. Yeah, the more distance work I'm doing and getting them to think. They like to think. Bull terriers do like to have to work it out. Um, you know, so working out what I want. So that's the key of any agility, isn't it? To get the dog to do it in the order that you want. Yeah. They might think that they know better and go somewhere else. But I mean, it is good fun. And they have made the transition because they're clever dogs. Yeah, and I think as well, especially because with Hoopers, the courses are very flowing and a lot of the courses, the route for the dog is very obvious. You know, they can, I mean, Dodge bless him, I'm at an advantage because he's a herding breed. They are designed to 
work away from you more. I understand I'm at an advantage with this, but he now knows, and my chihuahua does to an extent. I mean, Minx is very much in the camp of, I'm not running unless you're running too, mum. Why should I be putting in 110% if you're going to stand and point? Whereas the shepherd goes, oh, you can stand there and point, mum, and I'll do it, which is great. But with agility, because especially as you go up through the grades, like I look at an agility course on paper and it hurts my brain. <laughs> but it's true of anything, isn't it? You get used to it. So you look for various patterns and, yeah. and you understand the courses much more as you as you. But, as you why I'm, but my point of it is, is that with agility, there is variation. Your dog could easily go over a jump the wrong way or could easily enter a tunnel from the wrong way or or go over a dog walk instead of going through the tunnel because I've seen kind of courses like that. And I'm like, how do they know? Whereas Hoopers is all about the flow and the pattern is more obvious to the dog. Yes, it is, yeah. And and so mine, I think mine sort of took it as a sort of bit, bit of a, an agility holiday <laughs> to start with. Yeah. Um, and they did look at me, they didn't quite get why it was just running around, you know, but they just thought it was quite funny. Um, BT in particular looks at everything as if it's a big joke. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but they're, they're, they're complicit. But they're not, like you said, uh, said earlier, the staffies are far more um, biddable um, mm. and, and wanting to train bullies. It literally is. They are a wide dog. I was told by a chap many, many years ago when I was a child, I was standing there and some child made fun of my dog. Um, and this chap said, oh, can I, can I just ask you young lady um would you prefer uh, a, a yes dog and and looked at her dog and or why dog and grinned and looked at mine and I sort of stared at it for a bit and I said oh a why dog and he said right answer <laughs> because they do ask what why should I why should I um go around that course why should I jump that jump so it's my job to say if you jump around there then we're going to have this game with this ball. Otherwise, the ball's staying in my pocket, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do say to them, and they do know, they know the phrase. I mean, dogs do learn phrases. And so yes. I say to mine, um, if they've done it, they've not done what I want. I go, no, no, no. You have to work for, work for your tea, love. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they, and then they'll do it right. Because sometimes they're getting, oh, well, you know, if I turn around and smile at you, you might give me a treat. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You yeah, don't, don't get a treat. Stop sassing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get a treat for breathing. Yeah. <laughs> or, or because with him, I've noticed when um if we're if he's starting to get a little bit frustrated in the training, if it's it could be me not explaining it very well. And it sometimes it's him deciding that he knows better and he knows what I want. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want. I'm asking you something else. And he does this little dinosaur noise. And I'm like, do not sass me. And he's like, oh, sorry. And then we go back to training. So they yeah. do learn phrases. Of course they do. They they do. do. Yeah, and all dogs, you know, even, even these bull terriers that, you know, they, you can't train. I mean, I run um, a breed specific training weekend for my bullies because I was getting disheartened. Well, upset for the owners. Because I was meeting them and they were saying to me that they were going to clubs and they'd literally been kicked out of clubs, uh, whether they tried a little bit of agility or obedience. More often they'll go to an obedience club and they'll get kicked out because why? The trainer, because the trainer can't train them. I know 
instead of admitting that they're not capable of training that other dog, they just say, you can't train those dogs, it's stubborn, because it might be an excitable young pup that's leaping up in the air. The owner is a new time bull terrier owner, has gone to the training club for advice and has been told to restrain it or basically leave. <laughs> but the thing, and with them, if you try and just restrain them, they're going to battle against you. They're not, I think I mean, explain them as, as a Y dog is actually the best way to explain them. That's absolutely genius. And well done to that man for telling you that all those years ago, because I do think it's really sad um, that people are, well, kicked out of club because of the breed of dog they have. Because I've always been very fortunate that all the trainers I've trained with have been very open-minded um a lot of them had bull breeds themselves so when munch was getting overexcited and silly they knew how to tell me how to tell her to just calm down for a minute but many people don't and of course because the bull terry might not go in with and, and the owner might be a new owner as i say and not understand how to do various things with their dog even getting it in a sit because the dog is very excited it's got new people around it um, so, you know, they were coming and saying how frustrated and they just gave up. So the end, the dog ended up being a sofa dog. And mm -hmm. so we've had dogs that are five or six years old come and we've, we've been able to show them that their dog isn't daft. It's, it's not, it's not stupid. The number, Magnus, yeah. And the thing is that, and this goes back to dogs are not stubborn. Dogs are not stupid. It's our job as trainers to find the motivation to find what motivates that dog to, because some of the bull terriers I've met have been complete little piglets in the fact that they'll eat anything. And if you stick a bit of cheese on the end of their nose, they'll go, what do you want me to do? Whereas others, if they're into tugging, then it's the tugging. But I think people get worried about playing tug with their dogs because it will make them aggressive. And tug play is not the same as biting. Not at all. There is a limit. I mean, <laughs> Magnus is like, I like tugging. The lady said tugging, so I'm going to put my opinion in. Um, Dottie is not a, a toy. She's not toy motivated. So I've had to teach her to be a toy. Magnus, down. Down, I'm not giving you anything. Um, so I've had to teach her to be toy motivated. I've had mm -hmm. to teach her to enjoy that tug. Um, but there is a level, if you push it too hard, then she doesn't understand. Um, and she doesn't understand why we're still tugging. Because you've gone from reinforcing excitement to overexcited. And when they're overexcited, they're not thinking, they're not learning. They've gone into this crazy hyperspace where nothing in the world makes sense. And it's finding that balance. And I think this goes with, with just the bull breeds in general. It's finding that balance of the sweet spot of you are excited enough to be trying your hardest without tipping them over to overexcited where they're not learning anymore and it's it is tricky it is hard i spend a lot of my time working my dogs up getting them excited and then working them down again so that i can go into an agility um competition and i can magnus goes in there very excited i can get him calm working on focus work uh, with dotty the tugging we only do it for like i don't know six six seconds and then then I, you know, then we release and mm -hmm. then she goes and gets it again. And she enjoys that. So 
so I can see her level where yeah. she might not enjoy bread so much. So I, I eat, you know, but each of their own. But food, food, well, she'll do anything. You know, she'll work for food. So she's given more complicated things to do for food and mm-hmm. easier things to do to, to try and get her to um, be interested in retrieving. So retrieving a dumbbell with Dottie, she doesn't see the point of it, but <laughs> she now does it. <laughs> she yeah. will retrieve it. She's not very good at watching it, holding it. She, you know, she doesn't find it particularly interesting. So she tends to just bring it back and spit it out, which is fine. I haven't got a problem with that. And I'll work on that. Yeah. Um, you know, other things she'll work for food and she'll work for food really really well so with you saying that because i find with um munch and some people were like oh my god you're like you're being really mean with your treats but with munch quite often i would just use boring kibble because as soon as i cracked out the liver cake or or like the salmon treats or whatever it was like anything especially with munch like stuff like cheese and hot dog and sausage I did a lot of shaping stuff with her because if you try and lure her with food, she's just following the food. She's not yeah. taking in any other information. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same with mine. So if you see all my videos that you, you you would have watched recently, I might start off giving them a reward after they've done something, but then they have to work for it. And that retreat, that treat pot might be the other side of a kitchen, mm-hmm. um, but they know they've done the reward, the, the trick right, or whatever I've asked them to do, jump over a jump, whatever. But I will tell them, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they wait several seconds before they get that treat. If I have that treat in my hand, um, then mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. they're looking at is the treat in my hand. So we don't do that. Um, and when I reward, I quite often say yes, and I'll throw the treat away because they don't you know, I'll throw it away. So they've got to think to come back to me and all this sort of stuff. And that works for my dogs. Um, if I have the treat in my hand, they will just lose what I'm asking them to do. And yeah. focus on the treat. So it goes away. I literally show them I've got nothing in my hand. Nope. They're, they're doing we it. do blackjack hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do <laughs> blackjack dealer. <laughs> yeah. Nothing in my hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, treats is over, over the top. there's no point no point and it's um and i think it's important again because that's all goes back to the whole training the dog in front of you because even i mean the training i did with minx as a puppy i wasn't taught with her originally how to fade a lure properly um so for a long time i really struggled with her if i didn't have food in my hand she'd go i'm not doing it now now obviously i have more understanding and as soon as i can clip on a treat pouch and all my dogs go we're training and then i have to go actually there are some things that we're training that if i need them to be a bit more mindful and a bit less excited i would use that pot of treats rather than the treat pouch because the treat pouch straight away takes them to level three which if I need their brain to be at level one of calmness, level three is not helpful. No. Cocktail sausages, anything other than kibble really senses. <laughs> I mean, Magnus is a completely, I mean, he is, he is on one. <laughs> it's fine. And everyone's going to love that. And it's just he, a little yapper and it's very, dogs. very full on. It's dogs. Extremely, um, <laughs> he's, he's very, very full on. He's very, very excitable. So as soon as I start training with him, he is all over the place, bouncing, bouncing. He's focused on me 
but it's bounce, 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 bounce. I do look at some of these other Volterras and I think, ah, you know, because they're calm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, you know, but then PT's a nine-year-old Volteria. She, I mean, she's completely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. I mean, if I have a treat in my hand, she's just la-la. She's just la-la. Put the treat away and then she'll work and work and work and work. But treat in my hand, she just goes nutty. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's where sometimes kind of people get frustrated because the dog's getting overexcited because food they're like oh well i can't i can't train them food no it's about you learning the skills of how to teach oh, the dog absolutely it is all about the handler and uh, i learn all the time and my dogs like changing the goalposts all the time yeah. they are not a once they've learned it that is the way they're going to do it forever and ever uh, you know oh, well, wouldn't life be boring if they did yeah, yeah it is i love it absolutely love it so I love watching uh, other people's Volterras when they come to the weekender and I love watching them and they say, oh, they're not going to do it. And I just go, and they say, oh, stop, stop. You know, the dog's bouncing. I'm going, just car, you know, it's fine. Just engage them in what you want them to do. And all that silliness is not actual silliness. It's saying, I have no idea what we're doing here. There's a load of things in the room. I don't know what we're supposed to do. So I'm just going to leap around and be yeah. silly. And I said, just get them working. And yeah watching them work and then that level just drops and they're excited in what they're learning but all that silliness then stops and and it's it is i love it i absolutely love it and seeing the people sort of understand their dog smart oh you know the reason it's barking at you isn't because it's barking because it's noisy if it's barking because it doesn't understand what you want it to do but if you tell it what you want it to do i'll yeah. sit it here you go over there and call it Praise it at the end, yippee, it's gone yeah. over a pole, amazing. But, you know, the dog goes, oh, that's what you want me to do. Yeah. And then we haven't got the bouncing mad. You because, know, like, so Munch very much, if um, if I do like, the what can you do game with her, she goes crazy and she starts offering me all the behaviours that she's ever learned in the world. And... It's really funny because you can always tell what tricks you've been working on recently because she'll go to those first because she's like, that's what got reinforced recently. So I'm going to go to those first. And then she starts pulling stuff out the bag that we haven't practiced for years. Mm -hmm. But she goes, ah, hang on, you reinforced me for this once. So maybe it's this. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, amazing. And then, then after because she's used her brain. Yeah, well, I like playing with mine in the show ring because, you know, showing isn't, you know, let's be, be honest, you know, I know it's people's passion, but it's not that exciting. You're in a ring, <laughs> you're still standing there and you go in there, you've got like two minutes, I suppose, of glory, stand the dog on the table, look at his teeth, and then, you know, you want it to look fantastic. I work my dogs and I try and get the best out of them in that mm. moment and all the time that I'm in the ring. So I try and give them the best I can I'm always learning with showing how to get that right look and how to, you know, get the energy in the dog and all this sort of stuff. But you are only there for a little bit of time and the rest of the time you're just standing there. So I like to keep um, keep them engaged. So I do play with them. So I might be spinning, they might be spinning or going my legs. Come, come. I'm not going out with you, um, and, and I'm doing all this thing and then I turn around and realise that other people are watching me, which is fine. But 
you know, that's how I keep them engaged. And that's why I think partly you know, there's something else. They like going in the showroom because it's not just standing. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It is fun. We, we, we do have, we have a giggle. But I do think there's something, there's something very, very cool. And this is where my geek side comes out. Um, friend of mine um, showed her standard poodle and she taught him to self-stack beautifully. And there is something so awesome about watching a dog that goes into that ring and, goes and just stands like a statue so precisely rather than the ones that you see and I understand that sometimes you do need to adjust a leg or whatever but there's something a bit cool about watching a dog that's been trained to do that well yeah I like I mean I I, I ask them to stat themselves yeah so they, they freestand so I bring them in and I might ask him to stand and then I'll ask him to sort his feet out and he'll shuffle his little feet back and you know and he'll, he'll stand straight and I've also taught him because he's got a bit of a gay tail so um yeah yeah. Um, so I taught because ideally they don't want a tail that goes up like that in the show ring. You want a tail that's sort of like straight on the back. Oh, it's more horizontal. Okay. The top line, and um, so I've taught him to lower his tail. So and then he knows we go to the ring. He does his stuff. He loves showing. He will strut around there. As well, good actually, as that precision to teach him that you just wanted him to put his tail. Oh yeah, in a like specific I, I say, position, like I say, and tail, and I say now show, and he goes boom boom, and he oh. and, and he's loving. Let's come. I want a video of this. I need to see this. This sounds. I, I can I can video it for you. Oh, he loves it. And the green. He wants. He wants to go out. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Magnus, we'll wrap this up in a minute. Sorry. <laughs> when he gets that crust, crust, he knows crust. He knows the junction of crust. He knows as we go into the NEC. He knows as we get out of that car park. He is showing. Magnus, come. He is showing from the moment we arrive. He is showing people what he's all about. He struts his little stuff all that. the way to the door. It takes us ages to get from one side of crust to the other because people are going, oh my goodness, look at that dog. And he's going, me? Look at me. And he just thinks he's nothing. He's not. Magus come. I love it. He's literally there like, I'm here. Oh, he does. Especially if it's Discover Dogs Day because when it's Discover Dogs Day, I put a bow tie on him. Um, so he knows that it's Discover Dogs Day and not showing day. And he behaves differently. Um, because he knows he's on, you know, there's the public are going to pat him and do this and that. And he literally will not move. Um, because if someone catches his eye, if they look at him, he will, he will, he will stop and he will turn around and he will look at them. <laughs> which is brilliant. Which is, you know, it's great, but it does take a long time to get from one side to the yeah, other. Yeah, you need to make sure you've got your timing right. If you're yeah. running late for your ring, you're in trouble because that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Kirsty, we'll wrap it up there because poor Magnus has been so patient with us. <laughs> he really does want to go out. <laughs> well, he's like, come on. Like, you've been talking about all this great and we've done none of it. So, yeah, Kirsty, I've been where talking, can people find you? Uh, right. Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, you can look me up. We need your mother to tell us now. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I've got a Bullies Den uh page so you can just look me up Kirsty there she'll see me because there's a bull terrier in the in the yeah profile. people can find you on the hoop as well website as well yeah, there. Just shut this door. find you on there and um 
I think it's just nice to kind of talk bull breeds, but actually bull terriers because they are a kind of breed that people don't know a lot about. So it's nice that we've kind of explained to people that they're, they're pretty cool. They make cool pets, actually. They are amazing and they are my soulmate. They are my heart dogs. They are everything. Yeah. Um, and they're the only dogs that will make me go make a gooey noise. <laughs> uh, not, you know, all dogs are great. Great respect yeah. for all breeds of dogs. But bull terriers are the one dogs that get me. And that's fine because there are plenty of other breeds that get other people. They're not a dog for everybody. And they needed to be, they need to be treated with respect. They need boundaries. They need consistency. Yes. But they don't need harsh handling. They are soft as butter. And if you overhandle and if you're harsh with a bull terrier, it will switch off as could, you know, and you will end up with problems. And the problem people make um, is they're too hard on them when they're puppies. Mm-hmm. And then they end up with issues when they're older. And that's very common. Um, but they do love their boundaries. They like, you know, they like to be told to get on a bed. They know where they are, they're safe. Um, so anyone that's looking for a bull terrier, by all means get in contact with me and I'll, I'll chat away for them for hours and hours on end uh, and, and put them in the right direction for, for good breeders, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, they're not a breed for everyone and I wouldn't want everyone to go, oh yeah, they sound amazing, let's go and get one because they just won't suit everyone. You've but got actually, to have I think a lot of patience. As well, because um as i've said in previous episodes meeting a breeder that tells you all the reasons why you don't want their dog is actually the breeder that i'd be wanting to buy one of their dogs from absolutely yeah because you've got to be honest you've got to be honest about you know i love my breed passionate i am passionate 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 about my breed mm-hmm. uh, and i will protect my breed yeah um, and therefore you know i can't let them go to 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 owners that don't, won't have the time and through no fault of their own won't have that understanding or that you know level of understanding to, to bring the best out of the dog and not yeah. bring out the negative side of, of them yeah because um, you know no you know we don't we don't want that in our breed they're a, they're a brilliant fantastic breed but as I say not for everyone but no, amazing 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 <laughs> they are and I think it is important for people to kind of hear that as much as as you love them and they are epic and they really are you do also need to be responsible you need to understand the type of dog that you're getting into because they're they're not as biddable as some of the other breeds um and they're not as easy as some of no. the other breeds. They're not yeah. as trainable. It's not saying that you cannot train them, but you need to put a lot more time and effort and you need to be able to think outside the box more. Always, always changing goalposts. Um, you have, I don't know that I've got a lot of patience, but I do have perseverance. So, you know, um, I will look for a, a resolution. Yeah. Because I was always taught if a dog doesn't do, or any animals, you know, horses as well, if they're not doing what you want, it's because you've not trained them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, occasionally a dog can say no. <laughs> yeah. In his own little way. But most of the time it's because I've not trained them to do yeah. what I'm asking them to do. So if I don't want them to bark at the postman, I've not trained it not to bark at the postman. You know, it doesn't know that it's not supposed to bark at the postman. You know? And that's, that's that's a really good lesson for us all to take because if the dog's doing something that you don't like, you need to teach it what you want them to do instead. You do. Give them an alternative. Send them on the bed. Um, but yeah. So I hope you've uh, right. So a bully, more understanding. <laughs> so <laughs> Bully Den is where people can find you. You're on Facebook. If anyone wants to know anything about bull terriers, um, look Kirsty up because 
she knows the breed it is her breed that's that's where her passion lies um i think i'm gonna do an episode future on staffords as well because i think it's another another breed that gets a bit misunderstood and people don't always get them as well so that's just put my thinking cap on in fact i'm going to go and write an email when we finish recording <laughs> with that so that'll be a future episode for the the stafford fans but today it's all about the bull terrier and we love them and they're wicked um if you want to follow my dogs on social media um at minx chihuahua and at dodge shepherd are on instagram you know where to find canine hoopers world we are on facebook instagram kind of twitter i still haven't worked it out i'm sorry I'm not trying. I'm not going to lie to you. So until the next time, guys, stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock, and do not let them lick toads. Take care, guys. Bye. For more information on Hoopers, where to find classes, and Canine Hoopers World Instructor courses, find us on Facebook. Like our page, join our free group, Canine Hoopers World. You can follow us on Instagram and we're also on Twitter at Canine Hoopers. Check out our website, www.caninehoopersworld.com. Remember, Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.